0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today is the day that yours truly will be on the call with Scott Fransky. What's up, everybody? It's Kevin Franson. Got a good little show here to preview a little bit of the Marlins series, Marlins Phillies. And how important I think these games will be the entire year against the Marlins. Stick around for this episode of the new Kevin Friends and Podcast. What up? It's episode number five and the first one on the road for myself, Kevin Franzen. What's going on? I uh, month called night. Oh yeah. Big series, and I say it's a big series because I, I, I still think in this entire NL East, it's the team that separates themselves against the Marlins. It's look, the Marlins have serious young talent. And at times you got to take advantage of it. And I think early in the season, especially if you're going to play them, you have to beat them. If you, if you lose series against them, you're behind the eight ball on the whole thing. So for me, I, I really do think this is an important series. It's not, you know, trying to say, oh, it's the Braves, oh, it's the Nationals. No, these are the games that you need. This is the, check, this is the checkpoint right here. Can you get up for these games that have, you know, very little fanfare? and it's a tough thing it's a tough place to come into and it's a it's basically a new place too they don't have these damn fluorescent green you know fences they got the navy blue fences the sculpture's gone which i am so excited sorry for those in, in Dade County and that paid for it i really do apologize i think that's uh yeah it's not good not good anyway um yeah so i think there's a lot of a lot of good coming out of this weekend that the you know if the Phillies go and take care of business, do they need to sweep? No. But I do think, like, you look at it right now. Braves are 2-1 against the Marlins. The Mets are 3-0. and zero. Okay? And those are, you know, the Mets are on top by half a game. It is April. We're not looking at the standings, but you could just, those are where it's going to start to teeter in, on itself. There's always one team in the division that gives a team trouble. For years, I feel like it's been the Marlins. I feel like the Marlins have always played the Phillies so well. And so, do you rise to the occasion on this? What if a team goes 15 and 3? That's the way I look at it. If you go 15 and 3, 15 and 4, if you play 19 games against a team, is that the turning point for the season? It could be. Because you look at it with the Braves, the Mets, and the Nationals, the the entire entire NL East sands the Marlins is so strong so you feel like at at some point those guys those teams are going to just beat each other up right it might be a 50-50 thing one team might take advantage of the other who knows but the way I look at it when you play the Marlins you have to take care of business against them you have to win series you have to win series on the road you need to sweep at home I do think that that would be a very accurate statement um, if you go on the road and end up flopping because you can't rise up because there's not enough energy in the, in, in the park, it might be a long year. I do believe that. I do believe that. But I, I don't know if you guys get the sense that the, the same thing is they come off a bad loss. The Phillies come off a bad loss, 15. 15-1. to 1. They have an off day. They're here in Miami, and now they have an energy-less park that they're coming into. I find that to be fascinating because I want to see how they respond. Usually you respond, you go on the road, you face one of these teams, you have the energy, you're like, oh yeah, they're one of our rivals, boom, let's go. Now you're coming into this place. This series, for me, or even this game today, tonight, is such a big deal because I do believe we will see what this team is not made of, but just what it's all about. We see all the fun and the energy and all that, right? Well, that was gone the other day. They fought. And I do think, you know, you can look back on things and and Aaron Altair coming in, throwing an inning, striking out two guys. I actually think that's a a, a lifter for a team. I do believe that when you have a guy that comes in and, and does something like that, you, as a player, as a teammate, rise up and are just... Fired up, can't wait to get out there again. They get a nice little day off, you know, only like the tenth one in the the first two weeks of the season, and I I think that when you look at it, you're going, okay, um, wow, wow, this could be something. So you get to shake it off in a Major League Baseball season, 162 games. We always talk about this marathon, not a sprint, right? And and the whole thing is true, and every once in a while. You can have a clunker. They had a clunker. Now, once a week? No. No, no, no. Eh, maybe once a month, twice a month at most, you could have a clunker. It's how you respond after that. I think it. for me personally, I look at <laughs> clunkers like this. If it comes in the, mid- in the middle or the end of a bad losing streak, it's not fun. It's not fun. But if you're winning, you're playing good baseball, and it happens, you shake it off. Fans are going to be like, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe. Well, why not? It happens. It's baseball. You just can't let it continuously happen. So I find that to be fascinating with this team. I find it fascinating to be a response game in energy. If they bring the energy, the game's over. I do think that. But with the you know the Marlins and, and how young they are, they do have a couple good veteran guys on the team, but it's not the greatest of teams. But in baseball, we all know anything can happen any day, right? And, and today is one of those days where you look at it and you're going, hmm, yep. If they don't come out ready to play, they can get smacked around a little bit. So a little preview of the Marlins series coming up next. We got a couple of good pitchers that we're going to be seeing in this series, and I'm excited to call, and I'm excited to call Jake Arietta in his first game on the road this year.
1: More with the new Kevin Franzen podcast coming up.
0: Welcome back to the Kevin Franzen Podcast. And as I was t- talking about earlier, I'm here in Miami for my first road trip to go on the call with Scott Fransky tonight and all the way through the New York Mets away series. So I got a couple games at home coming up, so I'm excited about that. We'll talk about that when it comes to Monday. But good, interesting matchup tonight. Sandy Alcantara, who is a part of the trade for Marcelo Zuna to the St. Louis Cardinals. <clears throat> He's actually the main piece of it. He's special. And you look at his numbers and you're going, wow. He's 1 0 at the 1 5. I mean, obviously, two starts, that's not going to say much. He has six, six Ks, five walks. Well, the six Ks came in an opening game against the Colorado Rockies. The five walks came against the Atlanta Braves in his next start. So he went six and zero and zero and five as far as Ks to walks and. I mean, that's inconsistent, but that one first game at 6Ks was at home. The things that you notice about when you look over Sandy Alcantara is first plate appearance through the order. Teams are hitting 250 with a 753 OPS. Then the second plate appearance 188 with a 466 OPS to 091 258. Right handed hitters are hitting 118 with a. 301 OPS left-handed hitters hitting a 231 641 clip that i mean to me that says it's great stuff great stuff he's anywhere from 94 to 97 he'll sink it he has a slider curveball changeup he hasn't thrown his changeup once to a right-handed hitter so he's a three you know 3-4 pitch pitcher to to a right-handed hitter with a four seam slider curveball but it's usually when you look at Sandy Alcantara to right-handers Four seamer, 41%. Slider, 31. Left handed hitters, he goes four seamer at 28, change up at 27, sinker at 21, curveball at 18. That's a phenomenal mix. He's a two pitch pitcher, really, against the righty, four pitch pitcher with a great mix against a left handed hitter. And it, it, it's so crazy. And then you look at exit velocity, average against him is 82.1 uh, off the bat. Hard hit percentage is, is at 19%, which is nothing. I mean, that is nothing. So you got a great little matchup tonight and especially I think for for Jake Arietta who, you know, coming off a start against the the Twins, seven innings, 5 hits, 3 in runs, wasn't great, wasn't his best outing, but we saw so we, we're seeing so many good things. We're seeing so much off that sinker. Um I'm I'll probably talk about it a lot tonight. But left-handed hitters against the sinker for uh, for and against Jake Arietta has been 067. Now, yes, two starts, small sample size, a couple hits here, a couple hits there, everything changes. I get that. Who cares? That's not my point. My point is, last year, teams hit 320 off him when it came to left-handed hitters and his sinker. 320. 320 to 067. You think something's working. Things are changing yeah so teams righty and lefty last year, two seventy against it, one oh three this year to me that is awesome so they the limiting of you know the extra base hit he has given up two two homers, both on hanging sliders it's it it's I love the evolution of a pitcher right i mean you look at you look at hitters right, and you can see like, oh man, this guy made serious adjustments. well, you look at the serious adjustments that a guy like Jake Arietta has made, and you're like dang, what is that? Um, What is that? I mean, it's called understanding who you are. Know thyself, as Charlie Manuel would always say. And now that sinker changeup, he's become a changeup off that sinker guy instead of his sinker slider, which I think, you know, helped win him a, a Cy Young and became one of the most dominant pitchers in the National League because of the sinker slider. Well, the slider is not, as effective anymore and he adjusts it and goes to the change up that change up is so gross so gross it moves off the sinker at the same same movement now he gets hit a little bit when it kind of flattens out a little bit um and he gets a little fast with it gets a little you know doesn't get over it as much as they like to say and turns it over kind of flattens out so See a little, you know, here at this park, you kind of get a little bit more confidence here. Your pitcher ball doesn't fly as much, Um, so I'm excited to see what he's going to do tonight against this lineup. Now it's not a very good Marlins lineup, but anything can happen on any given day. It's going to be nice to see Jorge Alfaro, Curtis Granderson, the Ageless wonder Martín Prado. There's guys here that, you know, they they do things that you're going, hmm, okay, they could be dangerous. They're hitting 215 as a team. 253 is the average in in Major League Baseball right now. Uh, The biggest thing that I look at with them, they're a very free-swinging team. They don't have a lot of walks. I mean, Curtis Granderson is leading the team in walks with eight, Brian Anderson at five, Neil Walker at four. Well, two of those guys are serious veterans, and then you got a lot of young guys that are free-swinging. Jorge Alfaro, 1-13, right? One walk, 13 strikeouts. You're going to see a lot of that. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see Jorge just because of one thing. I love the way that guy plays, how hard he plays. Now, it's not the greatest catcher. He's not. We, we got upgraded in the catcher, catching department. People are going to be like, the catch and throw? I don't care. It's not about the catch and throw. It's about how you handle the staff, blocking balls and dirt, free bases, extra bases, all that stuff. Uh, we've upgraded. But just the way Jorge Alfaro goes about his business is incredible. Is incredible. And so I, I'm, I'm excited to watch him over the next three days. Hopefully he doesn't do too much. But at the same time, we get to see JT Real Mito make his return. Absolutely, make his return to Marlins Park, to all the fanfare. That's sad. I mean, we we go from Bryce and, and going back to Washington and all the booze and all that stuff to JT's going to be back, and he'll get a couple cheers for sure. For sure. <laughs> but not nearly as loud because it, the, uh, the crowd's not going to so much uh, say anything. So, I mean, you got that. Uh, Guys to watch out for, I think Peter O'Brien. I got to play with Peter. Uh, He's a first baseman outfielder. He has got some of the most stupid pop you've ever seen in your life. This dude hits two irons. I mean, you think Mark Trumbo and how low line drives end up carrying out 450 feet. That's Peter O'Brien. He's got some scary pop. Obviously, he's starting the Castro everyone knows about. And I always think that a guy like Brian Anderson, who's only hitting 178 with one extra base hit, that's, he's scary to me. To me, he is scary. Because you just never know when he's going to break out. So, yeah. Why not? High chase percentage, by the way, on this team. Marlins chase a lot. So, they're well above average of the chase percentage of uh, Major League Baseball. You're not going to see a lot of hard-hit balls usually from them because they are one of the softest-hitting teams in all the big leagues. I'm kidding. Who knows? I mean, they, they have the exit velocities on all this stuff, and they say they're above average because only a couple you know here and there can skew everything. Yeah, I said that. I'm talking about exit velocity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Jake Arrieta goes on the mound tonight. Zach Eflin back on the bump tomorrow. Vincent Velasquez to close it out on Sunday. So it's, a, I think, well set up for the the Phillies to get a series win. And you can't sweep it unless you can't get first game and second game. So let's stick with game one and get on Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara, Alcantara. Got to go check that for a second. But we got to get on him early because, was, as I've noted with with the stats, is that he gets better and stronger as the game goes on, as as a lot of great young studs do. Is they get better as the game goes, and and you gotta get him early. And if you don't, it's gonna be a long one. It's gonna be a long one. But same thing goes for Jake Arietta If he can get out of the first, you know, first time through the order with pretty much unscathed, I mean, that's when he's at his best. Because the second, third time through the order, he is tough to hit. He gets in that feel, that rhythm. You know, 13 innings pitched so far in 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 the season, and and to me that that is tremendous. That is absolutely tremendous. When you're looking at, you know, the game and it's five innings go to right to your bullpen. Well, a little bit, you know, has to do with how contact conscious he is right now. Soft contact against Jake Arrieta has been incredible. Um, You're looking at. I'm not going to say a high hard hit percentage but when guys are putting balls in play it is at high but where is it it's on the ground so the exit velo on that really doesn't matter to me because if it's going to be on the ground it's on the ground you can get these guys to chase like I said and if you get these guys to chase that's going to be a huge 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 night for Jake Arietta. so with that being said let's get this game on let's get this series going I can't
1: wait to get on the call. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best...